We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Good morning, Faith Temple. This morning, how many of y'all remember at the beginning of this year, I told y'all that we were going to go to the next level in 2022 if we wanted to. Y'all remember that? We still going to the next level if you want to. Amen. So this morning we're going to talk about you can, God will, and that's the end of the story. You can. How many of you know that in order to do something that you can do, you have to choose to do it? Amen. So you can do it. Whatever it is, whatever God has given you, whatever he said is to come into this realm through you. You can do it. God will partner with you to do the rest. And that's the end of the story. Man, so our scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Galatians 6 and 9. I'm going to give you four scriptures if you want to write them down. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Galatians 6 and 9, Romans 8 and 28, and Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment. Father, we thank you that you have allowed your word to come to us to be free in this country where we could freely Read your word, God, and we thank you for that. Father, in this hour, I ask that you speak through me, that you say only what needs to be said and help me to stop if it does not need to be said so that your people can be better, wiser, stronger when we leave this place. God, show us how to apply. Help us to reflect. Help us to think about your word, God, in the name of Jesus so that we can be better. Father, give us the mind to understand. Give us the heart to receive. Father, and give us the courage to apply and to live what you teach us in your word so that we can make this world better, so that our lives can be better, so that our lights can shine brighter, so that we can help you reconcile this whole world back to yourself. Because we know that is your deepest desire. And Father, it is our deepest desire to align with you and to give you what you want. Because you have given us so much and we are grateful and we are thankful and we give you all the honor and the praise that you are due. And it's your precious son, Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. In order for this uh, sermon to work in your life, In order for it to work in your life, what I need you to do is to think up on something. I don't know if it was when you were a child, if you were a teenager, even if you were an adult. God gave you something that you were supposed to do, something that you were supposed to create, some business that you were supposed to have, some child that you were supposed to help raise, something that God gave you, that you gave up on. That's the part, that you gave up on, because sometimes 
when life happens to us and we make all these choices, I'm not talking about anything that anybody else has done, although that's part of it too. Sometimes people do things to you and it throw you off track, but mostly when we are an adult, we choose the stuff that discourage us, right? We choose the stuff that throw us off track. I want you to think about all of that this morning and I want to remind you, I don't care how off track you have been. I don't care how long ago you had that dream. I came to remind you that if God gave it to you, if he put it on your heart, then you can do it. You cannot do it without him, right? You have to partner with him, but you can do it. And that's all that is necessary. That's all that is necessary. Sometimes we wait for man to pump us up and to encourage us and to tell us, yes, you can. And that's good if it comes. But what if it never comes? What if it never comes? Are you not going to do what God has called you to do because nobody is in your corner? You got to do what he called you to do. Do you realize that the world will never be fully complete if you don't make your contributions? Sometimes we don't understand who, who we are and why we came here. There are some things that were assigned to you, to you. They were assigned to you. And if you don't do them because you have low self-esteem or because nobody told you you could or because you are afraid or because you don't have enough whatever, Whatever the excuses that we can make, the reasons that we could give ourselves, there are some things that will not happen in this world if you don't do them. There are some things. It may be something that's similar going on, but can't nobody do what was assigned to your hands to do. And so it's important for us to understand that so we could get out of our own way. And sometimes it is because of things that has happened, things that we have chosen to do. And so today, what I'm going to do is read these scriptures to you. And then I'm going to, we're going to talk a little more in depth about David, because sometimes, particularly David and Bathsheba, because sometimes when I hear that story, and most of the time when people tell that story, they tell that story from the perspective of David. And they pretend that it's a love story. <laughs> They pretend that it's a love story. But I, this morning, I'm going to present that story to you from the eyes of Bathsheba, right? And even though when I present it from the eyes of Bathsheba, I hope that you start to think about this story a little differently, and I hope that you start to appreciate all that Bathsheba had to deal with and go through to get to Solomon. Right. She may not have known in her mind that her purpose was to get to Solomon, but God had already told David, you cannot build my house because it's too many, too much blood on your hands. But I'm going to give you a son that will build a temple for me. So Solomon had to come and he had to come through Bathsheba. And so there are some things that have to come and they have to come through you, but sometimes we think that we have done so much or we stay connected to the world so long or even we may be still connected to the world too much right now and we think that that has put us out of contingency. I'm saying to you this morning that it did not. It doesn't matter. It did not. 
if it is to come, it has to come through you. And then I'm going to we're going to look at these scriptures, but I want you to think about the love story as people presented to about David and Bathsheba, but we're going to tell the truth about it today. We're going to tell the truth about it because, and I, I'm not going to read all the scripture. I'm just going to tell you the story and then what I'm going to do like I always do. And I'm going to challenge you to go home and be like the Berans. Search the scripture to see if what I'm telling you is true. Because there's no one scripture that I'm telling you about. I'm telling you about multiple points in the Bible, multiple time points. But it is the story of David and Bathsheba. And the word of God says that Bathsheba was on her roof taking a bath. And it wasn't just a normal bath. It was a ceremonial bath because she had finished her menses. And in uh, Jewish days, they had to go and take a bath, a special bath. So because they thought that they were washing off demons and all that kind of stuff. So she was taking the bath. And the word of God says that David looked over into her house. David was a, we might call him a peeping tom. These days, the Bible says David looked over into her house while she was taking a bath and he lusted for her. He wanted her. And the Bible says that he told his men to go and get her. Now, now I don't know about you, but this is kind of like kind of like President Biden telling his uh, security detail to show up at your house and to get you because the, the Hebrew word that was used there was to take her by force. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Bathsheba could tell the king. No, David was a king at this point. And so I'm asking you, if, if President Biden's security detail showed up at your house, how much power do you think you have to tell him, no, I'm taking a bath right now? No, you're going to go with the security detail because you're going to be like, why is the president coming for me? But the Bible says... David told them to go and get her by force. So here is a married woman in her own house taking a bath, doing what the law has called her to do. The king in his lust go send his people to go get her and bring her to me. Bring it to me. And then the Bible says that David slept with her. And so instead of a love story, perhaps in Bathsheba's mind, it's a little rape going on right here because I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask you to come and take me out of my house and bring me to the king's house for him to sleep with me. I didn't ask for this. I didn't give my consent. The king saw what he wanted and he came and took it. So you you think about it from Bathsheba's point this morning. And then, and then here is, here is, the, here is the hurting, add insult to injury. Her, her husband and her dad were, were on the front lines working for David, the Bible says. Her daddy and her husband doing the work for the king and the king over in her husband's house taking what belongs to him while he's out fighting on behalf of the country. That's what the word says. And then, guess what David did? He raped her, and he sent her home. Get out of here. Get out of here. 
She didn't get to spend the night. He sent her home. And the Bible says while she was at home and her husband was at war, she found herself pregnant. She knew it wasn't, didn't belong to her husband. She knew exactly who the father was. So now we have a woman who has been taken by force from her home, slept with by the king and impregnated, sent home to deal with it all. Sent home to deal with it all. And then the Bible says she sent word to David and said, hey, I'm pregnant. And David, the one that we say the word of God says was a king, a man, not a king, a man after God's own heart. David didn't say, let me step up and do the right thing. David said, let me pull your husband from the field and send him home and hopefully he'll sleep with you and we can pretend that he is the father of your baby. So, yeah. So, so Mari wasn't the first one. <laughs> he wasn't the first one to say you are not the baby. You are not. He wasn't the first one. He wasn't the first one. And so Uriah, that's Bathsheba's husband, Uriah being the noble man that he was because he knew that when you are at war, you're not supposed to be taken in the pleasures of the world. He would not, out of the righteousness in his heart, sleep with his own wife. He wouldn't sleep with his own wife because he was at war. He had a single, he wouldn't sleep with his own wife. So you know ultimately what his honor did? His honor ended up getting him killed because David had so little of it. And so because Uriah wouldn't sleep with his own wife, David sent him to the front lines to have him killed. To have him killed. Now I'm asking you, is this a love story? Because now what I see is a woman who has been raped, who is now pregnant. Now she is a widow, and her lover done killed her husband. You thought your life was messed up. You thought your life was messed up. But see, that's why I tell the truth about the stories in the Bible, because sometimes we think this stuff that we do keeps us separated from the hand of God. But this was a man that was after God's own heart, and I just done told you what he did. Sometimes we are too performative. We think, I didn't get this right, and I didn't say that just right, and I haven't given all up and all in, and God can't do nothing with me. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. That's the truth that we don't like to tell. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. In fact, in fact, if he gave you something to do, he has to because he didn't give it to me, but he can't do it. If you think because I'm not performing right and behaving right, he can't do nothing with me. This ain't about you. This ain't about you. This is about what God is trying to do in the earth. Now, you may benefit by what he's trying to do in the earth. That's fine, but it ain't about you. So now we have Bathsheba, raped, impregnated, and now she is a widow. And her husband has been killed by her rapist. I'm not going to even call him a lover, by her rapist. 
the rapist done killed her husband. And here she is. And the Bible says that David left her in that state because she had to mourn. And David left her at home mourning about all of this mess that he created. He created it. He created it when he looked over in her house and couldn't just leave well enough alone. He created it, and now she is at home thinking about all. Y'all think she wasn't thinking about all this? And she at home by herself thinking about all this. And the Bible says when she got through mourning, and I'm throwing the rest of this in here, David wasn't even man enough to sit with her and hold her hand while she was going through the stuff that he created. The Bible says after she got through the messy part, after she done cried on her own, after she done stayed up all night trying to figure out how she ended up in this place, after her and God done worked through it, then David shows up again to go get her and bring her here because I'm going to marry her still. Ain't asked her permission. Still ain't asked her permission. The Bible says after she get through morning, he go get her, he bring her to the house. They get married, and she now this baby. Because, see, he trying to cover himself up now. Now this baby, because he done set himself up to be a noble person because everybody know he just brought her in the house. So everybody know if she having a baby two months later, she had to be pregnant before he brought her in the house. So now he a noble somebody taking in this woman with somebody else's baby. Y'all know how we do. Now, he a good guy. He a good guy. He a good guy. And the Bible says that God told him that baby not going to make it. Not going to make it. Because you wrong. You dirty. That baby not. That, and he said, and, 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 and this, this, what you did to Uriah, the nobleman will never leave your house. This will never leave your house. In fact, it puts you outside of being able to build the temple for me because you got too much blood on your hands I can't I'm gonna use you some other way but I can't put my stamp of approval let you build my house which would be putting my stamp of approval on all this stuff that you did and so now here Bathsheba <laughs> carrying a baby that's gonna die and the Bible says David went into mourning, begging God, please don't kill the baby. Please let the baby live. Please let the baby live. I'm sorry. Please let the baby live. And he still had not apologized. He still was not sorry for starting all this stuff. He just wanted his baby. And the baby died. So now you have Bathsheba having been raped. Having husband killed. Now she had his baby by the rapist that dies now. She's the mom that's done carried this baby. And she got to grieve this baby. Now, if that had to happen to some of us, you know what we'd be doing? Sitting in our house in the dark talking about I got raped, I was impregnated by my rapist, we be making excuses for all the stuff that, that followed that. We'd act like we can't do anything else because 
the trauma is so big. We'd act like we have to be paralyzed for the rest of our lives. But that's not the end of Bathsheba's story. Because at this point, y'all can go check these names out because I'm pulling them from my gray matter. I'm pulling them from what I done learned before so they may be wrong. But from what I remember, David, that I could find in the scripture has seven children. Y'all might want to write them down because it gets, it gets sticky up in here. So Amnon was his oldest child. Amnon. Chiliad was the second child. Um, Absalom was the third child. Adonijah was the fourth son. I'm going to say son because I don't really know these last three. Tamar, he had a daughter named Tamar. And he has Solomon. I don't know if there's seven children. I think he has seven. But the ones, that's six, the, one, the ones we're going to focus on, because the Bible doesn't tell us anything except that Chiliad was born, so maybe he died after he was born too. We're going to focus on Amnon, Absalom, Tamar, Adonijah, and Solomon. Okay? Amnon, the Bible says, was just... This is me saying this. Vicky say Amnon was just like his daddy. <laughs> just like his daddy. He was the oldest boy, and the Bible does say that David liked him. David loved his oldest son. So Amnon went, and the Bible says, I'm calling it this, Well, the Bible says he raped his sister. He raped Tamar. The Bible says he raped his sister. The Bible says that Absalom killed Amnon. The second boy, the third boy, killed the first boy. Right? And then the Bible says that Absalom went in full-out rebellion against David. Y'all know how those middle children are, and I'm a middle child, so I ain't talking about y'all. <laughs> we ain't as connected as the oldest and the youngest, okay? We just in there. We in the family. We checking it out. We see what's going on, and sometimes we don't like what's going on, and Absalom didn't like he didn't like what was going on and he went in full out rebellion against David he tried he turned he tried to turn the kingdom against David <laughs> he tried to set up rule against David he was in all out rebellion against David and the bible says the fourth boy didn't like what the middle one was doing. So Adonijah kills Absalom. So now David got four dead children, right? He got the boy or the child that Bathsheba was carrying. His oldest son is gone. 
His fourth son is gone. His second son, we don't know what happened to him. The Bible doesn't talk about him, so I'm assuming he gone. The daughter devastated because the older son done raped her. This David's messed up family. So at this point, he got a damaged daughter and two sons left. And the two sons are Adonijah. And by this time, Bathsheba has had Solomon. And even in the naming of Solomon, David was disobedient because the Bible says David named that boy Solomon, but God called him Jedidiah. That's what the Bible says. God said his name is Jedidiah, and David named him Solomon. So, so I'm saying all this to you to, to remind you that you ain't that messed up. Okay, because, because David was the same one that was the man after God's own heart. And the Bible has already told us that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Because if it was left up to us, David would not just not be king. He certainly wouldn't be named a man after God's own heart. He would be in prison somewhere because that's how we Think about stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I got word that y'all done done this to somebody, I'm calling the police because that's how my, his ways, not my ways. Y'all going to have to work that out in jail. Y'all going to have to get with God in prison and say, what was it I supposed to be doing? So now he just has these two children left. And the Bible says that David is old at this point. And David is, he can't rule like he used to. And Adonijah, because he was older than Solomon, Adonijah thought that he should be the king. He thought, it has to come to me because I'm the next one in line. He was entitled. And so the Bible says, he even said, all of Israel thinks I'm the one that should become king. And he started setting himself up like he was king. And then we see Bathsheba enter into the story. Now she's stronger because she done went through what she needed to go through. And she said she knew that Solomon was supposed to come through her, and she knew what Solomon's purpose was supposed to be. So we see Bathsheba show back up in strategy and in power. And the Bible says that she gets with Nathan, the same Nathan who went to David and said, what would you do with the man? that had all of these sheep and did all of this stuff, and he looked over and saw one, a poor man with one sheep or something like that, and he goes and takes that man's sheep too. And David said he should be killed. He should be killed. And Nathan said, that man, old king, is you. So all of this had happened and David had not even had a repentant heart about it. It had happened, and he was like, oh, my goodness, God saw all of this stuff that I was doing. And in that moment, because he became repentant, that's how come. That's how come he can still be the man of God's own heart because he understood in that moment what he had done. Because what David had said is a person who steals a poor man's sheep ought to be killed, and here I am, have stolen this man's wife, this honorable man's wife who was doing what I have to do. And in that moment, David realized how horrible he had been. And he became repentant. And see, that is the thing that separates us from David 
and us. It's not that David didn't do all that stuff, but when somebody tells us, Vicki, you've been wrong, we want to make excuse and say, well, if Mary hadn't talked to me like that, I wouldn't have went off on her. Or if Trisha hadn't stole, I wouldn't have slapped her. We like to make those kinds of excuses for our behavior. And David didn't make an excuse when he was called to repentance. He repented. That's all we have to do because the word of God says, if you confess your sins, and some of us won't even confess our sins, and I don't even know why. Either we, we believe that we are too saved or we are too ashamed or we're not quite delivered, but the word of God says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful. God is faithful. He is faithful to do what, Sister Vicki? He is faithful to forgive you. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so that you don't want to do that mess no more. And that's what happened to David that day. You'll but see, we don't do that. And because we don't confess, he done locked his own hands because he said forgiveness and cleansing comes from confession. And you rather act like you didn't do anything. You rather act like you're hidden because I only said it to my best friend. You want to act like, don't, but don't let God send Nathan to you because <laughs> you can't see yourself. You can see everybody else. But you can't see yourself. But in order for you to be forgiven and to be cleansed, you have to see yourself and you have to confess. And some of y'all can't get at what God is trying to get out through you because you won't confess the mess. You've been in it so long that you think it's cute. You've been in it so long that you think it's acceptable. You've been in it so long that you think don't nobody see it no more because you believe that you have mastered the craft of hiding it. But you can't get to where God is trying to get you because you won't confess your mess. That's the difference between David and us. David was, God. yes, that was some mess. Yes, it was horrible. And in my mind, yeah, it deserved him being stripped of king and thrown into prison. But when he understood that it was mess, he said, Lord, I'm sorry for my mess. But we don't do that. It's Sister Linda's fault. It's Wanda's fault. It's everybody's fault except my mind. But it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your, the way you respond is your fault. The way I do what I do is my fault. It's your fault. It's not my fault. Because everybody don't respond to the same thing the same way. So the question becomes, why did I respond like that? Right? And so the same Nathan, we see Nathan partnered up with Bathsheba to say that's supposed to be your boy on the throne and so this is what you need to do you need to go in and you need to tell David you promised that Solomon would be heir to the throne now 
I haven't found anywhere in the word where David actually promised her that. But maybe he did. I don't know if he did or not, but she went in and told him that she did, that he did. She went in and said, Lord, you promised on the name of your Lord that you would make my son the next king of Israel, and Adonijah is out there doing this. Right? And so the Bible says she leaves, and Nathan goes in behind her, and he confirms. Yeah, you said it. You said Solomon was going to be the, the next king of, of, of Israel because he confirmed it. David said, okay. And then the Bible tells us that Adonijah goes in and he tries to tell, he tells Bathsheba, go tell Solomon to let me have, I forgot the latest name, it was one of David's wives, I think it was Haggith. Go tell Solomon to let me have Haggith as my wife, as my own. And Bathsheba said, okay, and she go tell him, but she understood that Adonijah was trying to undermine Solomon's leadership because that's my dad's wife and that's my wife. My, my wife. I'm the oldest one. I'm the one. So he was trying to underhandedly put Solomon's leadership into question. And the Bible says, guess what happened? Solomon then killed Adonijah. That's David's family. That's David's family. Now the baby boy done killed the one next to him. And Solomon is the only one alive. And Solomon takes reign. And it's the same Solomon that when God asked him to, let me, I'm going to give you whatever you want. Y'all know the story. Solomon could have asked for all the riches in the world. And the Bible says he asked to be wise. He asked for wisdom. So that is the Solomon that the Bible says was the most wise person to ever live. The one, he came through that. And he had to come through Bathsheba. But I want to submit to you that one day in all of her grief and all that was going on, Bathsheba had to say to herself, I can do this. It is God's will for me to do this. And she had to come to herself. She couldn't stay in her pain. She couldn't stay crying every day. She couldn't stay seeing herself as a victim. She had to see herself as a partner in the will of God. And so I'm asking you for those things that God has said to you. Do you see yourself as a partner with the Father God, the creator of the universe, so that you could get those things into this realm? Some of y'all have to push through some horrible stuff. But you still can. Because it's God's will. That's all that is necessary. That thing that you have since let yourself say it's okay if it dies. I'm saying to you that it's not okay if it dies, that the world will not be whole without you making your contribution. Not the one that you decided, but the one that God decided, that that's my will. And I know we all have it because he is a purposeful God. 
And he created each and every one of us with a purpose. But somewhere along the way, we got sidetracked. Somewhere along the way, you may have even lost it. I'm going to ask you to go home and think about it today. What was it? What was it? What have you let die? What dream? Because you've been so bad and your life been so jacked up and you just didn't know how to do it, what to do. What is it that God created you for that you have not done? 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Don't let the things that happen to you move you off course. Be strong. Get stronger through those things. Sister, Sister Rollins told y'all what James said. You're going to get some strength when you go through that stuff. So don't, don't let it move you off track. It says be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing that you do for the Lord is useless. So I use Bathsheba because in her trauma, she could have given up on getting Solomon to where he was supposed to be. But she did not because she knew that she was doing the will of the Lord. I don't care how jacked up it has been. I don't care how jacked up it looks in your life. If you know that, you know that, you know that, you know that this thing is burning. See, sometimes we don't know how to recognize the voice and the leading of God. We think it's us. But if there is something in you that's burning and won't leave, that's not you. You feel that way because you were created to give birth to that thing. That's not you. You have to know the voice of God. You have to know when he's talking to you. And if you know, and if you are working toward that thing, and it seems so hard, and it seems so far, Galatians 6 and 9 is for you. It says, don't get tired of doing what is good, because at just the right time, and see, that's the problem. That's when we get upset, because we don't know when just the right time is. He didn't tell us at 901 on Monday morning morning he said at just the right time and he because he can't tell you because you'll sit around and wait to that time and then you'll try to get to work and make it happen and you'll miss out on the journey because you're only looking at the outcome he said at just the right time you will reap a harvest of blessings but you cannot get weary you cannot give up you cannot get too tired you cannot and I hear y'all I'm too to this and to that and to the other I don't have the energy that I used to have but the Bible says if you don't give up if you don't get too tired you will reap the harvest and some of y'all think I done got too old now or I done got too weak now or too sick now whatever it is even in that the Bible says don't give up and you will reap you will reap. You will reap. Do you believe the word of God this morning? If you believe him when you leave here, you will resurrect that thing and you will not give up. You will believe that you will reap a harvest of blessing. A harvest of blessing. A harvest of blessing. And then I want to remind you, yeah, you made those mistakes. Yeah, you made those bad decisions. Yeah, it all went awry just like... Um, 
in David's life, all this stuff led to one thing and one thing to another and another and another. And it feels like it's spiraling out of control. But Romans 8, 28 says God is taking all of that stuff and he's working it for the good, for the good, for the good. For who? For who? For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It took everything that you went through to get you to this moment, to get you to the purpose so stop talking about what you did and what you did wrong and bad decisions that you made and you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you should have done it. You should have done it because if you came to this moment any other way, you'd have a bad understanding. You think that you deserve it. I hate when I hear people tell me, you deserve it, Vicki. I know the decisions that I made. I don't deserve it, but I'm doing it because it's his purpose. It's what he called me to. The one thing that I can do is not get caught up on the things that I did. I could keep moving it forward, but some of y'all are so caught up and looking at the rear view mirror that you can't keep pressing toward the mark, but the Father God wants you to keep pressing this morning. You're going that way. He wants you to go that way. He says, don't worry about all the rest of it. I'm taking all that stuff and I'm putting it together and I'm working it for the good. I'm working it. I'm working it for the good. You're not going to understand why, but I'm working it for the good. Who would have thought, who would have thought that the rapist and the woman that he raped would lead to the wealthiest, wisest person to ever live because God worked it for the good. He worked it for the good. So stop getting caught up in what you did. You needed to because if you had a got to this place with a clean slate, you would be talking about how hard you worked and what you did. And you'd be trying to leap glory, heap glory upon yourself. But the word of God says, when you do this right, I'm paraphrasing, but when you do this right, men will look on your good works and they will glorify your father in heaven. It won't even occur to them to give you the glory because they know that you were messed up, tore up from the flow up. They'll know that. They know you were messed up from head to toe. So they're not going to even look at you and try to pretend that it's anything but the hand of God. They know you. So you had to. Whatever you did, you had to. So that when they look at your good works, they'd be like, Woo, God really done changed Nita. Woo, look what God did to Vicky, because they know. They know. They know, they know not to give me glory when you do this thing right. But some of y'all won't even tell the truth about the mess you created. <laughs> because you want somebody to give you glory. You don't deserve none. I don't deserve none. But we tell ourselves this lies because we want so bad to be better than other people. We tell ourselves, well, they in jail because of the decisions they made. No, they not. No, they not. And you're not, not in jail because of decisions that you made. You made some decisions. You made some decisions that should have landed you in jail. And just because it didn't, you think that your decisions were better. No. What was needed in you wasn't going to be shaped in jail. So that's why you didn't go. You would have got broke. You would have got broken. Where other people are getting built and made, you would have got broken. 
It wasn't that you didn't commit the crime. Yeah, that was you. That was you. The, whether or not you get caught doesn't, defy, doesn't, doesn't determine whether or not you did the crime. See, that's how we get messed up because we want to turn our nose up at the people that's been in prison. That's, what, that's not what defines whether you were wrong, that you got caught. Be honest with yourself. How many bad decisions that have you made that you didn't reap the full benefit of, the full harvest of? How many, how many bad decisions that you, that you know should have landed you in jail but just didn't? It don't mean you didn't do it. It don't mean you didn't do it. But what it means is that God is going to do what is necessary for us. For us. He knows us. And so then, whether you've been to jail or whether you haven't, he's taking your mess. He's taking the good decisions, the bad decisions, and all of that. And he's working it for the good, the word of God says. He's working it for the good. And the last scripture is Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. And it says, be strong in the Lord and his might. Some of y'all weary because you're trying to do it in your own strength. You can't do what he needs you to do in your own strength. It says, be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, and we still don't believe this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know how I know we don't believe this? Because I get mad at Brother Fuzzy, and I fall out with Brother Turk because I think it's them. I think it's them. And we, we do all kind of stuff because we don't understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but it's against rulers, against authorities, against power, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to do, just stay there. You ain't got to make nothing happen. Just stand there. When you've, known, when you've done everything that you know how to do, the Bible says stand there. But we don't do that either. We start trying to make magic happen. If it ain't happening, we done done everything we know, then we start, some of us will start conniving and making magic happen. And the Bible says just stand there. Stand there. Because you're not fighting against me. You fighting against, and I believe that the day came when Bathsheba understood, because how else do you go into a loving marriage with your rapist if you understand? You got to understand something bigger. You got to understand it wasn't about David. It was about Solomon. You got to understand it ain't about David. It's about Solomon. You got to, so, so yeah, yeah, it's possible for you to partner up with David even though he the biggest devil because you understand that the struggle is not against flesh and blood. The struggle against the demons and the dark powers of this world because they trying to prevent what God is trying to get in here through you. They trying to prevent it. And so instead of being mad at me, you need to fast and to pray and to pray against these things that I obviously cannot deal with on my own. Because you still got to get 
if you're going to do his will, you still got to get out of you. It ain't about me. It's about the Solomon that is in you. It ain't about David. It ain't about nobody that's done hurt you or done nothing towards you. You got the promise that God going to work all of that out, but you have to want to. You have to choose. That's why I started with that. Because God, he made us all agents of choice. So you have to choose to. The word of God is only about telling you what is available, what is possible. That you have another choice. But you have to make the choice. God will do it, and he will do it through you, but you have to choose to allow him to do it, no matter your circumstances, no matter your, your choices, no matter your thoughts. You have to choose to let him do it through you. Amen? And that is the word for you today. Amen.